0: Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to give a shout out to some new reviews left on the podcast. Thank you so much for writing us reviews. It helps us so much. It helps this podcast grow and uh, and thrive and live its best life. So if you leave us a review, I'm going to shout you out. Um, Christmas 11 said tied for number one. I was like, okay, who am I tied with? And then she said Karen and Georgia. So um, from my favorite murder and they're incredible. So what a high compliment. N.F. Nick said, um, Chelsea is fiery. Okay, I love this. And you say you recommend this podcast the most. So thank you so much And that it makes us reconsider women's stories. Amos Natalie said, Al- always my number one recommendation. Yes, I love that. Um, you said, even when the topics are heavy, there's always a balance of comedy and wit. So thank you so much. Mexicans Art said, "May encanta. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, she says she's a memoir reader in English and Spanish. So that's super fucking cool. Um, and then a uh, uh, new favorite, Jay Cuss One said that. Um, I, I love that. They said they, that there's you know, a bunch of book club podcasts, but that they really connected with this one. And that means so much to me. Thank you so, so much for
1: these reviews. Leave us a review. I will give you a shout out and let's dive into the episode. Hey cookies, producer Kate here. You will hear more from me later Just wanted to give you a heads up. We had a little bit of an audio issue with the guest on this episode. We had to use the backup audio. It's a little glitchy. Apologies.
0: Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that normally recaps and celebrates the memoirs of female celebrities. And I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I am a writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. And this episode is not a book episode. I mean, there's a book inside this episode, obviously, but this is a weddings episode. Weddings, weddings, weddings. Now here's the thing. The reason I'm doing this episode is because if you follow me on Instagram, where you probably started following me for books, you've noticed that I started talking a lot about weddings. And then I showed Instagram every single wedding dress I tried on for the past year. It snowballed from there. I spiraled on centerpieces with everyone. I did so much wedding stuff and it was so, so much fun talking about it and discussing it online that now people are like, are you doing a podcast episode about your wedding? Because you've talked about it so much. And I was like, yes, I absolutely will but if you don't follow me on Instagram, you might be like, what's happening? What happened to my book podcast? Well, we have a book episode before this, and we have a book episode next week, but tune on out if you don't want to hear about weddings, about my wedding, and we have some really fun stuff. So First off, you are going to hear me and wedding influencer, my favorite wedding influencer, Caroline Crawford Patterson. We're going to go through Vera Wang's wedding book called On Weddings. And then my producer, Kate, and I are going to discuss some prompts from the cookies that the cookies wrote in. So... Let's dive into our wedding book. We are discussing Vera Wang's book called On Weddings. It's a Bible about weddings. It was written in 2001, and we're diving into it all with a guest I'm so excited about, It is Caroline Crawford Patterson, who is a wedding influencer, viral TikToker, content creator across multiple platforms. In her videos, Caroline helps people put together the perfect wedding wardrobe for any wedding occasion. She's been featured on so many style podcasts and publications. Um, I love her TikTok. I've been following her since I've started planning the wedding. I'm obsessed with her. And hi, Caroline. Thank you for doing the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. This is so exciting. I love doing podcasts. It was an honor uh, to be able to do this one with you guys, and I'm so excited to get into it.
0: Me too. I'm just, I, when I first started this wedding journey, you know, you kind of like go onto the internet. You're like looking for like where you're going to find your inspiration. Also, I needed a lot of wedding education. Like I just didn't, I didn't know a ton of wedding stuff. And I loved finding your account because I felt like you did all of the classic wedding stuff, but also with unique twists. You were always your own person. You loved people doing different, interesting things. You were never just like cookie cutter. And I just found it so inspiring.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I feel like there's like a whole new um, era to weddings and how we like redefine our own traditions and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with people incorporating traditions from the past and still using them. But I find that like a lot of people get overwhelmed by the process and it's not necessarily that they're scared to do their own thing, but it becomes difficult to wade through all of the expected stuff to find your own style within a world that's already super unfamiliar to you. Yeah, that's such a good point. Okay, so let's dive into to book. I mean, so
0: first off, this book is 50 pounds. It's <laughs> this book.
2: I, I was like, oh, it's not going to be that much reading material because it's more of a coffee table book. It is yeah, a lot yeah. of material. I know there were parts I was like, I I
0: cannot read about like leafy greens at your centerpieces. Like I'm gonna have to skim this part, Vera, yeah. But. It's a heavy, heavy book. It's really beautiful. As you guys know, like Vera is like the wedding queen of New York, but she's also modern. She has her own line that went to David's Bridal. Yes. So it's like she she's kind of like upper echelon New York, but also like more unique and, and not so classic that it's like rigid. And
2: she has like a great story as well as to how she sort of stumbled upon that industry through her own experience. Oh, will you share with us? I just love how she said that her getting married expose gaps in the market. And she like completely left being an editor at Vogue, um, and designing for what I think was like Ralph Lauren or somebody in New York and just completed yeah. her own shop. Um, weddings wasn't something that she was like traditionally trained for that was like on her radar for like the first few decades of her career until she got married. And she just was like so inspired by it that she just wanted to like dedicate all of her talent to weddings going forward. Yeah, and that was really clear in
0: your process too. And and it, and now it's kind of become your career. Like it wasn't your career before this. It was not, no. So, I mean, your story is like very similar to Vera's in a way, like planning your own wedding,
2: like launch this thing. You can tell that every single thing she writes about, she always brings it back to the important nature of like feeding your relationship and focusing on it. And she talks about engagement and and how, you know, it's, it's this time to set the foundation for your relationship. So she's focused on these aesthetics and the gowns, but she's always bringing it back to like just the importance of the relationship. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. I think one of my favorite pages of this book is the first one Me too. when she shares her engagement story. Okay. So I want to recap it a little bit. Um, she says my own two year, two part saga began when my husband, Arthur Becker, and I became informally engaged in 1988 during a trip to Hawaii. I can still recall every painful detail since it was quite possibly one of the worst weeks of my life. We were having one of those difficult romantic holidays like New Year's Eve when people feel obliged to pretend they're having fun because it's expected. Looking back, I can see that Arthur and I went on vacation with two very different agendas. I had just left my longtime job at Vogue and was desirous of a brief respite from the frantic world of fashion. I envisioned long, relaxing moments with intimate lunches and walks. Arthur had his own passion. Unfortunately, it was for golf. Mm -hmm. So she basically spends this vacation where she wakes up every day and she's like, what are we going to do? And he's like, I don't know. I have a golf game.
2: He leaves every day. Honestly, there's nothing I love more than somebody that's transparent. Though, like, what a way to start yeah. a book about weddings to be like, listen to this god awful story. Like, it's yeah, refreshing. Like, life isn't and it's perfect. so yeah.
0: It's I, that felt so like when I read this, I was like, okay, I can trust your advice in this yeah. book because that I just know so many engagement stories like this, yeah. and like it's just it's just never that perfect picture. It's never, and
2: that- then. Never that. I feel underwhelmed. Like, is something, like, was it supposed to be better? Was I supposed to feel like it was more romantic? Okay, so to finish her story, basically, she just reads books. They have, she's, like,
0: miserable the whole week. And then she says, Arthur finally stopped playing golf just long enough to take me to a tiny picturesque town high on the side of a volcano. That's when he blurted out, in spite of how upset we both were, or maybe because of it, do you want to get married? That was my proposal. No (laughs) bended knee, no ring, no nothing. Just angry Arthur and furious me on a hill in the middle of nowhere. Even though this was not how I envisioned my proposal would be, I said yes. And disappointed as I was that I had not gotten the proposal of my dreams, I loved him. Yeah. Like, I have loved wedding planning so much, but it's something that we've you do together, mm-hmm. and I get to bring myself to it. And you don't get to bring yourself to the engagement if you're doing a classic hetero male and female role. Exactly. Engagement. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel it's kind of odd to not, as a woman, get to, like, bring your planning and the engagement right. because there's all these pressures for
2: them to surprise you, right? Right. That can be a recipe for disaster. I love that she levels that going into it. She's like, I'm yeah. going to put all this emphasis on these crazy things, but like, like, let me just tell you, like, yeah, not because life is a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like exactly. read this book if you enjoy wedding planning and you know, like you care about this, this event and you want to take it to the next level read this book you'll find a lot of good information but don't get it twisted because that is not like <laughs> this it's is not what it is give you a perfect life
0: yeah that's such a good point and that is sort of like I, that's why I love like take the traditions that matter for you but don't give in to the ones that don't actually create this quote unquote, great dream of yours okay so then there's a section on this ceremony music and she says this at the top Although music is one of the most expressive parts of a wedding, it is frequently a last consideration. The processional music should be personal to the couple and inspire emotion for the guests. Mm-hmm. Any music during the ceremony should reinforce the dramatic nature of the proceedings and lend meaning to the service. Yeah. The music for the recessional should also celebrate the couple's joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. I love Me- this because I, I also feel like music is underplayed. And like when we're not talking about DJ, we're oh, talking no, about ceremony, ceremony music. Like, I, yes, and I feel like people don't put enough into ceremony music which can really change the mood
2: of a room i'm sure that i got called a bridezilla by so many people with i started planning my ceremony music a year before the wedding like looking for wow. the musicians I, oh my gosh amazing i made them rehearse the entire ceremony for me on multiple occasions and yes like because i there were certain areas where i was like play a little lighter and then when this hits, play louder. And then I would rehearse the way the ceremony was going to go next to the music. So that it was like, and then when this person says this, you play a little louder. And then when this person plays this, you play a little softer. And like this bridge needs to be a little bit longer for the people walking down. the oh.
0: Perfect. I'm a theater kid. And I also have made a text sheet for my rehearsal as if it's a play. <laughs> I cannot rest unless I have run tech. I know the sound cues. (laughs) And like, I, cause I also want it to be like a production. Whereas I think sometimes when people have weddings, I think it's society has told us like, oh, the intimacy will just come or the emotion will just come. It just comes at a wedding. Well, that's not true. You have to curate all of it. And that's when you go to weddings where like everyone's trying to be quiet, but like a phone rings. Yes. Or someone cries and you all just pretend it's not happening, which is less intimate than like giving in to the reality of a moment, you
2: know? You really uh, do yourself a disservice when you decide to just not care about things that you kind of want to care about. There's no shame in really, really caring and like yeah, treat it like a checklist. Like it is a production. It needs to be cohesive, which Vera also talks about in her book she continuously says, like, everything has to work together. And that's something that I always say as well. And I can tell you are someone who really cares. And I'm also like,
0: another word for it is like, I'm a tryhard, and like, it's showing up in the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not embarrassed. By Not, it. Oh, Me either. I think it's a great quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then she has um, a section on photography and film. So she says, Some ideas to keep in mind. For a large wedding, two photographers can be better than one. If budget is not a concern, it may be a necessary extravagance to have one photographer for the conventional wedding portraits and another for the more interpretive shots. Um, And then she also said, make a precise list of each moment to be recorded and who should be included in the picture. Mm -hmm. If the photographers know what is expected of them in advance, chances are they will be infinitely more Effective, which I love. So she's saying make a shot list.
2: (laughs) I the shot list is the thing that gets forgotten the most because people don't understand how hard it is to do, and then they wait until the last minute, and then they don't have a lot of time the week of the wedding, and then they just feel like whatever. That is the number one regret for people when that doesn't happen. I did not just make a shot list, I made multiple, and then I wrote my photographer an essay on family dynamics. And the flow. Oh my gosh! I,
0: Wait, can you give us some examples of shots you requested and like details that you gave the photographer? So
2: we did not do a first look, but I did. We also didn't do a cocktail hour, and I was really adamant mm. on figuring it out. And I realized that the answer to that question is it lies with the photography. First of all, the second photographer is incredibly important. So hire somebody that has an assistant. Like you don't need to book two separate mm. photographers. Somebody needs to come on site with an assistant, but an example of a shot list like that for me, as I was like, I made a list of family members who the formal portrait that I got with them, it was okay. If it was just me rather than just John and mm. him as well. And all of those shots happened before the wedding. And then those people were still instructed to come to the lawn post wedding for one large family photo. So we were in both oh, beautiful the photos, but like great aunts and great uncles, like, they don't need a formal photo with, like, you two. They want a formal photo with you. That can all happen before the wedding. Yeah, I I think that's
0: such great advice. And I'll a little tie-in, because this is Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Um, So I love Gabrielle Union's memoir. On her Instagram, I got this wedding tip that I ended up twisting into my own. She gave a tip that, again, if budget was not an option, to put on your gown and hair and makeup a day, a week, whenever before the wedding, yeah. and do all your solo shots. Yeah, you're by yourself on that day.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So that portraits. It's- and another tip is, if budget is an issue, um, a lot of photographers include those in their fee. So, oh, that's, that's great. great. Understand the the package. Like when you're looking at a photographer, put emphasis on the package because. A lot of them do include that. I hired a photographer for the rehearsal dinner to do all our stand, stand in pose portraits with
0: family members, and I'm making everyone get dressed to the nines. I love that. And so on the wedding, we're only doing candid's because I realized I actually don't like looking at people standing in lines. It just that's just my taste. Yeah. And so, but I know my mom's, uh, you know, my mom, his mom, I know family members will want him. So I was like, we'll get him at the rehearsal dinner. That's how I was. Yeah, and then at the wedding, all candids, no stand and pose, like capture the moment. And that felt right. Okay, now we're to the gown, which I'm very excited about. If you follow me on Instagram, they will know. I tried on... I can't even count, but I maybe tried on 120 dresses. I went nuts, Caroline. I know. It was insane. Um, So I'm really excited to discuss this with you because I also know your wedding gown journey from Instagram. But what I loved is that um, she listed out these types, like a type of bride that kind of goes, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to list them out, and I want to hear if you found who you were. Um, So there's the traditionalist. um, There's the modernist. The sensualist the individualist the romanticist the minimalist the exhibitionist and um that's it did you know which one you were
2: i think i was like a mix between the individualist the exhibitionist and a little bit of the traditionalist like in for wedding dress shopping what were you
0: I am definitely I'm a very weird combination. I am definitely the exhibitionist. Yes. Um I'm going to if it works out I'm going to I'm going to do four dresses. Um oh, <laughs> But again, it ha- they're in play. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it's gonna, maybe. Um and the other thing that really surprised me is that I'm also a minimalist. Yeah. In that I found myself liking really clean fabrics. Mm-hmm. Like, and I ended up towards my last wedding appointments, I would go in and say, like, I love a classic dress with an insane twist. So I don't want insanity top to bottom, but I do want some insanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. How many dresses did you try on? Did you buy your first dress?
2: I did, but. I love um, that. I don't think it was the very first one I tried on. It was the one I wanted to try on first, though. I don't know, it didn't get a, like people were not crazy about it at first, and that's sort of why I was like the exhibitionalist, where I'm like, something has to be so different. like yes. that's a gown, but the traditionalist part of it as well, for me, took me by surprise because I was like, I want to look back at something that never went um off trend. And the traditionalist for a gown is like when you transcend fashion and you're focused on style. And then I tried on probably, like, 20 other dresses, and I just wouldn't couldn't stop dreaming about the first one. Yeah, it was gorgeous.
0: My favorite, favorite wedding dress try-on moment was— So, first off, the first stores I went to often had dresses that didn't even go on my body because they do these really small samples. I'm really curvy. So, my first wedding dress experience was, like, dresses that, like, stopped at my hips, and it was all they had because I— didn't do my research and like went to this like fairy lady place anyways and all my friends were there and they're like are you going to try anything else on I was like there's like nothing else in this store and like I'm thankfully like I found that very funny but my favorite favorite dress try on experience is when I found this company that um had like designer samples Markdown down and they send them to you. So I got four of them sent to me and you pay, you do have to pay like a fee to have them sent to you, but it's a smaller fee. And I had ordered a dress online from like such a questionable site, like questionable red flag site. But I was like, I'm doing it. I just need this dress. And my friend Bridget like just made like wine and cheese plates, and like a bunch of my friends came over, and I just tried on dresses in her living room of like the one cent. and it was like one of the best yeah. experiences ever. And um, we said yes to that online red flag dress, like it's gorgeous.
2: <laughs> Very, like, that stuff um, works out. Like again, curate, curate like that moment for yourself. Like it is out there. Yeah. You deserve it, and it's you've got to put it in a little work to either curate it for yourself or go find it. It's it might not be where you expected it, like Kleinfeld, but like everyone deserves to have that moment, and it's worth putting in the effort to to like build to give yeah. it.
0: Totally, and I do want to let people know: not only did I not cry, I never came close to crying, and I still had the best time of my life ever. Why would I cry at the sight of myself in a dress?
2: I just can't. I'm a firm believer that you are your shopping self on like steroids, basically when you're wedding dress shopping. Like, yeah. whatever type yeah. of shopper you are, whatever the most enhanced version of that could possibly be, that's how you're going to shop for your gown. I'm not an emotional shopper. I am a, like, type same. A. Like, I'm stone cold, like, going through everything. I have to think through everything. I have to play out every scenario in my head. I'm not going to cry. I'm too busy for that. Same, same. And, it's like, I...
0: I'm just like you. I'm like, I'm here to yeah. get shit done. And I had a fun, great time. Uh, there was no part that I needed to cry. I ever thought I needed to whatever felt like crying. And like, I know that if I cry on my wedding date, it'll just it's gonna come from different things because that's yeah. a dress isn't the type of thing that makes me
2: cry., okay, but I'm not I didn't <laughs> cry. If you don't cry, it's fine. Like it's okay. It's not yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you don't like it. Um, okay. so
0: then there's a section on beauty, and I have to say, at first I thought I was disagreeing with Vera and then I realized I do agree with her but she basically says stay true to yourself um at the top to which I am doing but her second line is it may sound cliche but the truth is most brides are their most radiant when they look natural and I disagree I don't <laughs> like glossier makeup I don't like this like yeah. bare, I love makeup like make my like Beat my face. And so I have had the hardest time. And I'm curious your experience. But I, I mean, I live in LA. This is like a makeup artist capital. And I had a hard time finding the right makeup artist because no one could get past the word bride in my appointment. So I would be like glam like full like make me up i want lashes to the stars and they would still be like oh but it's your wedding day and they would hold back and i had to work so hard to find the makeup artist who like truly got me and when i walked into her studio she had rupaul's drag race playing on the background and i said this is my makeup artist i know it
2: my best look was for my engagement party and i hired just a regular makeup artist and didn't tell them that it was my engagement party. Yeah. And <laughs> so they were already doing my makeup. Like, I just said, this is the look I want. And then they, you know, executed. Yes. And then he was like, when he found out, he was, it was my engagement party. He was like, wait, are you sure that you want this look? He was already doing it. Yeah, and I'm and like, like, yes. <laughs> and that's why I didn't tell you. What yeah. It,
0: was- <laughs> it really messes with people's heads, including your own head to put bridal or wedding before something. But again, like, why I loved following you is, like, you always seem to take your inspiration from, like, art and, um, like, actual things out in the world versus, like, just the wedding categories that have been pre-set for us. Um, Okay, so now we're at the end of the book. Caroline, thank you so much for coming on. So we end every podcast with something called The book dull Test, which, because this wasn't a classic memoir, I'm going to change the first question, but I'll keep the other two questions the same. Okay, so first question new to this book is, would you recommend reading this book if you are someone who's planning a wedding? Like, is it does yes. it still hold up? It was written in 2001.
2: Yes, it does still hold up. There are very few things that don't apply anymore, if really at all. And even if you take one piece of information from this book, it's worth having it. I think it was incredibly helpful.
0: I love that. Um, I also think, yes, kind of the thing you said of like get educated, like. I realized how uneducated I was on weddings and I turned to Say Yes to the Dress and Four Weddings on TLC, which I think is the best show of all time. Yeah. But I think reading this book was <laughs> would have been a way better education.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, second question. Was it entertaining to read? Yes. It was, even as someone who has already gone through the process, I found so much joy hearing Vera Wang say things that I did in my wedding. Even though like- I, I didn't love that. First, and I just felt so proud of myself. I'm going to say-
0: as a skim and as a picture book, extremely entertaining. Like I loved going through. when I had to stop down in some of the paragraphs, then I would give it a hard no., I, but I, that's just my personality. I was like, okay, I can't I can't read about Lenin's anymore, Vera, but I do appreciate it. ok. last question. Yeah. it's a little weird because it's not a memoir, but this is our question. Did reading this book elevate your life in some way?
2: Um, yes, it did. It made me feel more confident in my own skills because I <laughs> I, I, I love that. that so, yeah, I feel I feel better about myself today. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm going to say yes, too, because I truly, and again, like, people saw me do this on Instagram. I was posting centerpiece ideas for, like, weeks and losing my mind. I was making fun of all of it, too. But um, this book set me free. And
2: I love that. I'm excited to see how that turns out.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited, too. Hopefully good. Um, Okay, tell everyone where they can follow you, find you, support you, get inspo from you.
2: So I do the most wedding... Um, content on TikTok. And you can find me at Caroline J. Crawford. And I also do a good deal on Instagram at Caroline Crawford Patterson. Yeah. And I've loved following you. And thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it so much. And um, I just feel inspired from today. Thank you so much. I had the best time. <laughs>
0: Okay, that was super fun. And now my producer, Kate, and I are going to discuss some prompts from the cookies that the cookies wrote in. Kate, our producer, you've heard from her a little bit, but now you're going to hear from her a lot. Kate just got married maybe like seven days ago, and I'm getting married in seven days. And so I feel like this is the perfect producer to podcast talker episode. Kate's going to give me all her wisdom. And hopefully if you're planning a wedding and if you want an out-of-the-box wedding planning episode, the second half of this episode is going to be for you because Kate and I, dare I say, we're both a little unconventional in different ways. So it's going to be super, super fun. And now I'm going to talk to our producer, the woman who keeps us running, keeps us going, who listens to me talk way too much.
1: It is our producer, Kate Downey. Hi, Kate. Hi. Um, I already edited like three episodes today, so I've heard your voice so much all day. (laughs)
0: That's rough. That's rough. I don't even want to think about that. Um, um, Okay, so Kate, we are in such a fun position because when we met— I was in a whirlwind being like, I'm leaving the network. Can you come produce? Uh, my manager, Jordan, knew you. She's like, you have to meet Kate. And then on our one Zoom that wasn't about a podcast, which was the interview, you were like, I'm getting married this year. Um and so it's been a super yeah. special time where like we've both been planning weddings and
1: doing this podcast. So how do you... Yeah, we we bonded over our impending weddings and our needy quarantine dogs. That's Pepper is just the neediest, sweetest <laughs> little baby.
0: Um, So tell me, how do you feel post-wedding now that it's over? In this moment in life, like where are you at?
1: So like joyful, you know, like uh, my heart is so full, but also like so tired. <laughs> well,
0: I have not even... Yeah uh gotten married and i'm so tired and well you're also working nine jobs i am so. working nine jobs <laughs> i will say that is something we also have in common which is that you and i i remember kate said something to me and i was like ooh we're a match she goes i love a sprint we want to put an episode out in tw- in 24 hours and she said she just kept saying i love a sprint and i was like <gasps> I love a sprint. And so
1: I think we're two women who love a sprint, but also uh, take on too much, did too much. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So unhealthily value our productivity uh, <laughs> yeah. as like a identi- our identities. Yeah. We're in therapy. It's fine. We're in it's therapy. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, Kate, before we dive
0: into the prompts, what would you say like three words for like? your priorities, values, what kind of bride, what kind of wedding you had, just like give, give listeners
1: the scope and I'll give them the scope for me. And then we'll come at it from two different bridal perspectives. <laughs> Someone gave me very good advice. Like before I even got engaged, which was like, choose three things to care about and then don't care about anything else. Okay, great. Like, okay, great. Um, and so, and Matt, my fiance, my husband's name is Matt. Wow. And, uh, that's still really weird to say that. Yeah. Um, and so we like talked about it and figured it out. And basically, it was community. Mm. That it was really important to us to get like, people from all the different places that we know people in the same room together and to give them as many opportunities as possible to like, get to know each other. Aww. And speeches were yes. word people. He's a writer. We really um, were invested in like, the words that were going to be said in that space with all those people and party. We just wanted to throw a really good party. Okay, that's great. I had a. Existential crisis when, for me, the hardest part was picking the venue like a year ago. Um, because picking the venue picks a lot of stuff yeah, for you. Yeah. Like, that's huge. And so Matt ended up just like finding a great venue that was like super chill and we loved the vibe. And that informed so many of the choices. And I was just so relieved to be like, great. It's a, it's a Forest Glen whimsy party. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Get my spreadsheets out. <laughs> I love that. Okay, cool. So,
0: you know, we were not given that advice of like three things, but I really like <laughs> it. I'm going to say for us, um, creating a, a bank of romantic energy to always be able to tap back into was something i was really thinking about this year i think that was important for me too because and if you know if you follow me on instagram you know i feel this way a lot of this uh, felt very stupid to me <laughs> i was like this is the me too dumbest most worst industry ever but but when, whenever i was like but you know what like i really want to create something to treasure and then it helped me uh, really enjoy things and enjoy them my way, including like the bachelorette party. Like I, I've I've been to a lot of bad ones. And so it, it was something I was like, oh God, a oh, bachelorette. And then when I thought about it, I was like, no, I want to treasure like uh, this time in my life when all these women came together with me to celebrate this moment. And then what do I want from this? So that helps a lot. And that's kind of like what I want to do with the wedding too. It's like, how do we create like a bunch of stuff to treasure?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like carte blanche. Mm-hmm. You, for one one time in your life, you get an opportunity to just be like, Here's what I want to do. Go with me on it.
0: Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Balassai, I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life, and I can't believe it, but I got to write my own, and it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are Heroes. Some are motherfucking villains, but you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role. And we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book. It matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also... I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay. So <laughs> should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we'll just kind of pop through these quickly. So uh, people asking to add a plus one that were not invited to do so.
1: Okay, okay, tell me your take. I have exactly one story of this, but it's a doozy. Okay. I sent out invites. My cousins didn't get plus ones unless they had partners I had met, basically, or knew about. Sure, yeah, yeah. (laughs) My uncle texted me, and he was like, hey, your cousin has a serious girlfriend. (laughs) Okay, so he um, couldn't do it himself. That's weird. Right, that's weird. And he's been dating her for like a year. Can he get a plus one? And I was like, one, he can ask me. Yeah. Two, let's see what, how RSVPs come back. Never heard anything back. The night of the like welcome party night, my cousin had brought his girlfriend. And we had said, bring whoever you want to the welcome party because it was on the beach. It was very chill. And um. And he brought his girlfriend and was like, okay, like you brought your girlfriend to LA and she's going to be alone tomorrow night, which is kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> oh, no. And I had found out that day that two of my friends, uh, one of them got COVID. And so they couldn't come to the wedding. And I was like, okay, she can come. And was like, hey, oh, it's so good to meet you. I'm so glad you're here. Great news. We had some cancellations. So we would love to have you at the wedding. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And it was like, oh, I think my uncle just told them. Yep, you yep. got a plus one. Yep. Wow. So it worked out, but it's just like, oh, yeah. It's
0: <laughs> so funny too because you're just you like can't
1: do the <laughs> <ensemble>. I'm mad. <laughs> and he's been married three times, so he should know. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> a big part of this wedding for me
0: has been guess the guest experience. Thinking back to all of my guest experiences and I thought about all the times I was miserable not knowing someone or not being invited to bring a plus one but being asked to travel and all these things. And so Yasser and I went into it and we decided we want a venue where we can always keep adding people and it'll never harm us. (laughs) <laughs> and so, because I wanted for anyone who like wanted a plasma, I always wanted to be able to say yes. And so we did that and we were able to do that because we're not having a sit down dinner. We were having a bunch of food
1: trucks. Come. Oh, um, that's great. Um, but
0: we, oh. yeah, but we were having awesome. um, like 30 minutes of a seated reception because we also care a lot about speeches. So we're going to do the, the dances. Right. We're going to do the speeches You and we're, you're going to sit for 30 minutes. And I also want people to have a seat when they do want to have dinner. So right, the right. place where I really felt this decision hit home is when... Our space is huge and um, and they were like, yeah, your this table formation you want will only fit half of the people. And I had to start doing like table geometry. Like we have like crazy Ooh. little diamond twisty table formation in order. And that's when I was like, okay, we have to stop, stop, stop. But that being said, anytime anyone asks for a plus one, I w- I'd already made the decision that I want everyone to have a friend.
1: Um, that's, and I think if you know that going into it, you can design for that. It's just like, no wedding is designed for
0: that though. Like you really, that's (laughs) something like from the top, almost every other venue would be like, there's not enough chairs. What are you doing? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So I will say to the person saying this, I would say, think about it when you start inviting someone, like be like, is this person be miserable at my wedding? Cause they don't know anyone. They'll have traveled far, blah, blah, blah. And if so, maybe give them a plus. Think of, think of where your plus ones go when you're giving the invites and, people who are giving them solo, make sure that's someone who, you know, is able to like ride solo and ride hard.
1: Uh, oh, here's the question. How to pick a venue? Oh, I was not good at that. So Matt and I met at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm. I hired him as a tour guide. Uh, it, you saw, we, you we, saw his resume. You said, these qualities are a man I'd like to be around. <laughs> wow. You see for buddy. life. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we really, like, got to know each other in the museum. And so I had this idea in my head at the beginning of like, we're going to get married in a museum. And uh, museums hate weddings. We are museums. We are art places. Get out of here. They don't. They hate it. Yeah. Uh, And they charge so much. And we had just moved to L.A. and we didn't know places. (laughs) The only one that we maybe could even begin to afford was the Museum of Natural History, oh my God, sounds amazing, at the La Brea Tar Pits. Oh no. And I hadn't been there since I was a kid. So I was like, oh, I have good memories of that museum. Let's go check it out. Let's just go and see. And I was kind of already like, this is the only one we can afford. We're going to make it work. We like street park two blocks away. And as we're walking up, you get hit with the waft of tar. And <laughs> Matt immediately was like, no, <laughs> we're not getting married in a place that reeks of tar. And I was like, I don't know, Maybe we can make a work." and the I don't whole know, it time it's pretty affordable. <laughs> we're walking through and there's some really nice parts about this museum and they do weddings and I think like if you want to get married they're like fantastic, do it. Um but ultimately it does smell like a construction zone and it is a place where like thousands and thousands of creatures have died over thousands of years uh, yeah. and you're just it's hard to spin. And so we walked away And Matt was like, we're on the same page. We're not doing this. And I was like, I think we should do it because I don't want to look at any more venues. And so he kind of took over looking at venues from that. That's hilarious. Well, when we went to… We knew we
0: knew a couple things that we wanted. We knew we wanted um something that felt uh warehouse-y so that we could bring ourselves to the venue. We didn't want a venue that like was kind of, you know, done and had the same look every time. And we knew we wanted a lighting grid. We were like, they have to have like intense production capabilities. And <laughs> um, and we went to the first venue and we were both immediately exhausted. We we're like, this looks great. You know what I mean? And I had only set us yeah. up with, places that had those two qualities. So we walked yeah. in, we are like, yeah, this one has has it. So yeah. And yes, yeah. yeah, so there's mom and my mom were like, please, 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 just see three. Just see three of them. Then you can choose. And we're like, yeah. oh God. We go to the second one. A, a literal nightmare of wedding garbage. Like it was just Ew. the ugliest thing I've ever seen treating us like we were the like we were lucky to be there. I don't know how to explain it. So and then we go to the yeah. third venue and um and had everything again, and but was nicer than the first one. And we were like, yep, yep, seems great. Right. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. it's exhausting, it's it's weirdly it's- exhausting. Uh, Melissa Harvey asked, not book related, but will you share info pics from your actual wedding after the day? Girl, yes, um, I don't know the day after, I guess it, I, I really wanna be in the moment, but uh, uh listen, I, I'll of course be posting that stuff. I'm doing a full newsletter. So I've actually already uh, scripted out a lot of the newsletter, um, but the pics will have to come in at the last second. So if you really, really want like info info, I'm putting it in the newsletter, which you can sign up on my Instagram at Chelsea Fontes. And uh, I'm, I'm going link crazy of, because I mean, I went hard on wedding research. So I've got some <laughs> recommendations. Okay. <laughs> Kelsey, not grammar. Oh my God. Great. <laughs>
1: That's Kelsey. That's my friend Kelsey. Oh my God! Okay, She just got married. She just got married in August.
0: Kelsey, what up girl? Okay. She said how <laughs> awful making
1: seating charts is. So let me ask
0: you, did you hate making your seating chart? Yes.
1: Everyone told me it was going to be terrible. And I was like, whatever. Uh, I'm sure it's not that hard. And it is. It's just a logistical thing. You have to have all of the RSVPs in before you can even start on a seating chart. It's all, it's, it's just very shifty. And, the, and anytime somebody cancels, anytime anything shifts, you're like, oh, now I got to like rearrange four different tables because if this person's not coming, then I have to sit somebody else there, but there's only two singles in, you know, and every time you think you're done, it's like, no, you're not done. <laughs> like, um, To the point where like, when we were setting up at the venue, we had already printed out all of the like seating things and I had to have my sister who has better handwriting than me I was like okay you gotta like make some edits you gotta use white out and like write pretty over it yeah yeah and yeah it, by that point I was like I don't care people will just figure out where to sit
0: I gotta tell you something I
1: loved it <laughs> you really <laughs> yeah. oh my god
0: and to 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 the point that I'm like af- afraid of this like I'm afraid that the, I'm like what why is this what well, the answer but to that give kind of- yeah, to recap a little on the Instagram. So first off, I I went out on Instagram and I was like, hey, they want a seating chart? No, fucking way! Y'all yeah, can find a seat. Again, we're not having a sit down dinner. So th- this is different for us. I was like, but yeah, you know, just find your seat for the reception and then, you know, live your life. And uh, so the cookies write in horror stories of weddings they went to that didn't have seating charts, fully convincing me like, okay, 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 okay. I take it back. I'm having a seating chart. Again, big shout out to talking a lot on Instagram where like I would get great advice like that. So. But I was so anti it because I was like, this is going to be hell. Yasser was like, I'll take, I'm I'm doing the seating chart. I was like, great. That's awesome. Well, you know, flash forward, Yasser's movie sells. They go into production. Yasser uh, literally wrapped shooting on his film, um, you know, seven days before we get married. So Mm -hmm. I I was just sort of like, I'm not letting you do the seating chart. Like for you, like that's just. One, you now you're gonna be late on it, and I'll be really stressed out because I'm type A. And uh, and two, like you shouldn't have this in your brain. Like, go make a beautiful movie. I'll do the seating chart. So I had a, right. I have whiteboards in my office for like you know writing TV episodes. And so, um, my amazing assistant Jake drew out the tables uh, on in the white on the whiteboard, and then we printed out like all the names from the Excel sheet RCP list, and we put it up with little sticky tacky, and then. I felt like a god. I was. I just took in. I just took in all the names. I was like. Tom, I was like Tom Cruise in that. What's that movie? It's not Total Recall. Minority it's Report. Minority Report. You know where your hands just go up and you're like, zhoosh, zhoosh, zhoosh. and you know, and and it keeps changing. I'm like, oh, I know where that goes. Like I, I, to the point where like I feel like the only. I feel like the only possible outcome is that all our guests are going to be like, that was the worst seating chart I've ever yeah. had <laughs> because it felt, I was like, this is the
1: part of me that is like a a, a, a film director. Just like, you know, where all the pieces yeah, are in yeah. shards, you start Honestly, pushing them together. it's so smart to do it visually and like tactilely because we did it uh, just like on a spreadsheet oh, that, and then- yeah, I don't think I could. So- okay. Um, <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, Nicholas Standish, I might be saying that wrong. It's all one word on Instagram, uh, said mother of the bride dresses. Again, I am, I, I'm against the norm. I want everyone to look unreal, incredible, insane. Our dress code is trying out to us. Um, my mom presented me with dresses constantly where I was like, not enough, not enough, not enough. <laughs> and I, we sat down together when she came out here and I found her listen, I'm, you have to come to my Instagram just to see what my mother will be wearing down the I aisle. I can't wait. I don't even, I can't, even if I verbally describe it like it wouldn't do it justice. I'll just say one thing. It's glamorous. It's unreal. It's huge. And there's camo print involved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mother of the bride outfits are like, I had no idea how much. Oh. Storied history of drama, Stuff. pain, <laughs> and and grudges for a lifetime.
0: <laughs> Nirvana 2. Uh, I love these names. Says, what yeah, was your favorite I mean, part of planning? I loved watching your journey, especially the dresses. Oh my gosh. Um, so nice. What's my favorite part of planning? Um, I really loved all of it because it was an escape. And I think… Especially when I was on Instagram um, making fun of stuff, <laughs> people would be like, "Why are you having a wedding if you're like making fun of centerpieces?" And it's like, "Oh, because I actually find this enjoy. I find roasting this experience very right. enjoyable." <laughs> um, but and so maybe it yeah. hid how much fun I was having. Um, I, I mean, I fucking loved choosing the dress, and I will also say my favorite part of planning was, and maybe you feel this way too, Kate. Where like if you're putting a show together, you're producing a film, or you're kind of making something, you really was just like. It's just like, "Oh, who am I? What is this about?" like and, and you just kind of like really get to discover yourself and then uh and then yeah. make it into a visual. And that's how I felt about like us as a couple. Like I just found out so many things about us like as a couple as we went, including things that we always knew we wanted to do and like getting to do those things that we came into it with like I'm talking like our very first week of dating. Like, we made some jokes about like what we would do if we ever got married. And <laughs> oh my God. I know, I know we're a lot. Uh, but we we <laughs> joked that if we ever got married, we would get married in giant gold headdresses. And to the point that the first gift I ever gave Yasser was this like cartoony Halloween, like gold headdress and I sent it as a joke gift. And now right. that we're getting married and we're being so extra and so over the top, I'm like, oh my God, we really did it. Like we didn't even know we were going to get married. And like, yeah, we're as close as you can to be getting married in you gold headdresses. It. Like yeah. we're doing it. <laughs> what was your favorite part?
1: Yeah. I think it's like the biggest project that you do as a couple to that point. And we have lived together for four years, and we've moved across the country together, and this was still by far the biggest project we've ever done together. It was a very cool undertaking. And the most money we've ever spent. Oh, yeah. That (laughs) puts a lot of pressure on it. (laughs) It does. At a certain point, you're just like, I don't know. Does money even mean anything anymore? Like, sure. Here's my credit card. Ruin my life forever. Yep. Take what you need. I'll figure it out later. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) And that stressed Matt out, but uh, <laughs> no, it felt like training. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. This is the kind of thing we're gonna do from now on. Of like, if a, if somebody's mad or upset or having feelings in either of our families, like it's both of our problems
0: now. Oh yeah. Um.
1: Okay. Mescachita
0: said, "The expense. Why do people prefer a party over a Camry or a Lexus?" What's worth it? What's a waste? Um, You know what? My friend Jenny gave me this advice, um, which was that you underestimate what it's like to get everyone or most to everyone you love in a room uh, at one moment. It's just one of the few times that's ever going to happen with your specific a uh, circle of people and that you're you you won't realize how how much that means to you. And I will say just having done my bachelorette party, I was like, oh yeah, that it's just so deeply meaningful. And then the other thing um my therapist said to me and Yasser's therapist said to him in a different way separately was like, um to celebrate how you even got to this moment in life, both as an individual, how we found each other and as a couple. And there were so many times in my life when a most of my life, a wedding was never, ever going to be possible. And so to be in a moment in life where it's like, oh, it's actually, I'm actually going to be able to do like have a wedding and just to celebrate all the people in my life and all the experiences in our lives that like let this happen. And that's made it really enjoyable in a world where sometimes weddings feel really awful. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, yeah, as no, a concept, a hundred- uh, like as a, you know, a concept, right. like we're going to celebrate our love for a mini like that part's right. bad. <laughs> right. I a hundred percent agree with all of that. And I, I also think like if a wedding sounds terrible to you, don't do yeah. it. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it. It's a huge expense. If you would rather have a Camry or a Lexus, get a Camry or a Lexus. Yeah. Like, but I, for me and Matt, like community is a really big thing for us. And like being together in person is a really big thing for us. We host parties all the time. And I mean, like even back, I don't know, when I was in high school, I went to three different high schools and did community theater. My 16th birthday party was like the one time I got all of my friends in the same place together. And I was like, this is the best. (laughs) Yeah. Because they all knew of each other, but they didn't know each other. And like that, I like look back on that and I'm like, Right. It is really powerful. And and like I have friends today still who know each other because they met at that birthday that's party. That's so like, cool. That's so cool. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And also like
0: yeah. I uh I have one designer bag. You all know about it from the Delta Burke episode. It <laughs> haunts me. As much as I love fashion, I love I I actually kind of love the experience of like being very dressed up in the moment in that night, but yeah. I'm not really a like this is my Lexus type of person. Like I, I don't even know what cars are what. So so for me, like this makes sense. And like for you, this makes sense. But like if someone's like, I'd rather have a Camry, like probably oh God, yeah. probably
1: the better decision for sure. <laughs> oh, and I have friends who did a courthouse wedding and then threw a party at a bar and it was way cheaper than and like probably having like a big wedding. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it w- it's just like do what feels good to you, do what feels right to you. And and be all in on that thing. Cause it will go over budget. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing, too. It's just, like, it's impossible not to. We love events. (laughs) (laughs) We love events. Uh,
0: Maximilia said, how did you come up with the budget? Not the numbers you decided on, uh, but the debate or discussion of it. So I first needed to be like, what What is wedding? How much wedding? I just had no, I just didn't know. And also, we live in LA, which is probably one of the most expensive cities ever to get married in. Um, But... We, we kind of approach it the way we approach our relationship and our marriage, which is we, we, we just split and equal, we equal on everything. Um, and that's also like, that's our careers and that's whatever. But also when one of us wants something that the other doesn't, we percentage in or offer to be like, this is mine. And so there were moments in this wedding, like I made a pretty bougie decision. Uh, am, I embarrassed? am I embarrassed to say it? Yeah, you'll see it in photos. I'll tell you about it. Um, so very late in the game, our venue was like, you know, this like little room here, um, we could put a basketball hoop up in it. And I was like, wow, I think I'm going to need that. Yeah. And yes, was like, are you out of your mind? (laughs)
1: Like,
0: why would we, why would we pay, you know, those extra couple hundred dollars to do that? That's crazy. And I was like, if I could, if I could shoot a basketball in a wedding dress, like, ah, pretty good you know and then I was like and god imagine the v- think of the photos <laughs> and think of the vibe like to know that basketball is happening in one room like that's gonna bleed out and um and, and uh, he's the basketball king I mean I played basketball I was like why is this affecting me and I was like but it came to that time where you're like what is money and I was like I have a credit card put it on it ruin my life <laughs> and um but and he asked, I was like please don't do that and I was like then this is this is on me dog because yeah. I'm I'm going to have a basketball hoop at this wedding. (laughs) For anyone listening who doesn't live in LA, they're like, what are you talking about? All I can say (laughs) is like, I don't know why this was a choice. I don't know why it's an option. I can only assume it's something insane about living in LA. And I took them up on it.
1: And that'll be something people will remember about your wedding. That'll be, that'll just be like a a totally unique and wonderful, weird thing. Yeah. And I was just um, like, if you don't like weddings,
0: you can play basketball. How fun. Okay. I, yeah, I'm thinking of the <laughs> guest experience, but yeah, but I will yeah, say yeah, yeah. we had to just find out what numbers were for a wedding in LA. And yeah. then we tried yeah. to uh, go for the lowest. <laughs> so we were like, oh, what's the scale? We'll take the lowest one. And then we really tried to just go for the cheapest LA wedding we could and found it to be a nightmare and everything was so just and everything always adds up. You're like, what is going on? And then there were a few things I really wanted that he did not value. And so I covered them and there were a few things he wanted that I did not value and he covered them. But that's also what we do in our lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think similar, we, we our parents both like chipped in for a, like certain amount and, and that was very kind of them. And we decided how much we could chip in for. Um, and that was kind of our like ballpark. And we were also like, It'll go over this and we will just cover whatever it goes over. But we yeah, and we had um there is, oh, I have it right here. The not book of wedding lists, uh, mm. which like uh a friend recommended and was like very, very helpful as just kind of like an organizing principle of like, here's about when all of this stuff should happen. And they have like a budgeting section that was like, budget this much of your budget for this. Oh, sorry. Budget this much of your and so it's like, of course it never winds up exactly that, but like when we were kind of do like drawing it up it was like oh right we're gonna need money for that oh right you need money for gratuity I forgot like oh right and and so it just like it helps you not go so over yeah yeah where you you don't forget entire categories of things Um, that is that is a big one well no and here's
0: the other thing so the other part of the question that I'm realizing is like the debate and discussion of it, I I think the key thing I'll say is like use it one as pra- a practicing grounds for marriage. Like, Money is, like, the number one cause of all divorces. So, like, however, you know, the way to approach this conversation is, like, how do you want to approach financial decisions in your marriage? And, like, we had already figured that out in our relationship. We Matt and I actually did couples therapy, did, like, premarital couples therapy. I love that. I was looking for a course like that just because I'd always heard about it. And, like, I could only
1: find it through the Catholic Church and, like, online books. And then I gave up. It's it's basically only a tradition in religious institutions where like if you're going to get married in a Catholic church, they like make you go make to this you do training counseling yeah. beforehand. And it's like, but I was like, no, I want that. But for like having a good like baseline relationship and like my, <laughs> my rationale was like, we've been living in the house, but I, well, we're about to buy the house. And so I want to like go in the crawl space and like up in the attic and just like looking all like I wanna know everything that's wrong with the house. Uh, just so I know. Like we're not gonna fix it right now, but I just wanna like know before And what before if, what did that fully buy feel the house? like
0: so like when you you when you did go up in the crawl space and you were like, oh my God, there's a pipe here or whatever, right?
1: <laughs> how did yeah. how did that feel? How did that affect you guys? It's the same as how we deal with money is like I am very much like I want visibility on everything, no matter how much of a mess it is, no matter how much like work needs to be done. I just want to know. And it was like, it was how I dug myself out of debt eight years ago. It was like, it was, that is how I deal with the world is just like, give me all the information and then we can figure it out. Yeah. Even if we don't know right now how we're going to do that. And I want to know, if it's bad, I want to know how bad it is. Matt is kind of the opposite where he's like, it's going to be okay, but I don't want to know how bad it is. If I know how bad it is, it's going to stress me out. And so- I just want to like, and especially with money, he's like, money comes in, money goes, and he's a writer. You know, it's very, it's, it's sort of like much more fluid, even though I'm a freelancer too, but he's just sort of like, it'll, it'll work out. I'll just sort of like go moment to moment. And it works for him. He's never been in debt. He paid off all his student debt. Like it works for him in a way that it like doesn't work for anybody else. And so I get that. And so, but like this Therapy was me like dragging him along on the thing that I wanted to do, where it was just like we're gonna look at everything, but it ended up me realizing like, oh, I do that, and him being like, oh, I do have to look at it. Ended up with us meeting in the middle. That's so which was nice. Really great. But it was hard. It was really hard, honestly. And our therapist was very, very good. Like, she did all the hard stuff earlier on. So as we got closer to the wedding, like, things got easier and more celebratory and kind of like, hey, this is stuff you're really good at.
0: <laughs> like I love
1: that so, so much. Um, Wow. But there were, like, there was a lot of crying, like, two months before the wedding in therapy. And it was hard. It was really hard. But I'm so glad we did that. And it, like, kind of, Built this really solid foundation before we got, got married, married. Yeah, That's at all. So, which nice. was really great. Um, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: what is Yasser in charge of for the wedding? Now, here's the thing Yasser has taken a bunch of responsibilities in our relationship uh, that I don't have anything to do with because I love the wedding. So, he's doing a bunch of other relationship stuff for us. And yet, he created our aesthetic he, um, he chose a lot of stuff. He chose, uh, a lot of the music. He chose a lot of the visuals. Um, and, and we've made a ton of decisions together where like I bring it to him and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Although I will say this, Kate, we came to a head and I said first song to start the dance party. Now I won't say it just in case, in case, but I went to a wedding where like the first song that started their dance party, I was like, Oh, no. And it was clearly the DJ's choice. It was not their choice. But I was like, this is tough. So I was like, I'm choosing the first motherfucking song of the night. It's important. I was like, Mariah Carey's fantasy. And Yasser was like, Mariah Carey, dream lover. And I was like, it's (laughs) fantasy. He's like, I think it's dream lover. And I was like, no, like, um, and then I was like, the ODB remix. Like, and he's like, okay, we'll do that. But then I played it for the room. I played it for the the writer's room that I work with. And I was like, are right, you guys which one makes you dance more? And they were like, fantasy. I was like, yeah, sir. I think this is the one moment where I like I just gotta pull rank. As, yeah, as the yeah. bride on her special day. Um, I was like, I think it's gotta be <laughs> fantasy.
1: You gotta, I I also love the I don't know where I heard this, but I I love the idea that in relationships, the uh the person who cares more about the thing wins. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Have you heard this? Um, Yasser actually taught me this. He got it from a friend of his.
0: Um, and we used it for our wedding. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I have a fun little story. What? Sorry. I don't know why this excited me so much, but I do think this is a really good thing to even use. Like, like Kate, we could use it in like our podcast relationship, right? Where you go, we're disagreeing, you know, you're disagreeing about something and you go, okay, pause. On the count of three, on a scale of one to 10, you're just going to say how much this means to you on this, on the scale. And then you say oh, your numbers that. and it immediately puts into perspective either, okay, we both care a lot about this. We, we got to keep going in the fight. Or, <laughs> or you, what happened with me and Yasser is Yasser was like, no florals. I don't I don't want, I don't want like floral centerpieces. I don't want florals at the, like, I'll have a bridal bouquet. But he was like, no flowers places i don't i just i don't like that that's not that's not the aesthetic i think we should do at some point i started to waffle and i was like wow ah, should we just have fucking flowers it was when i was having a hard time picking centerpieces and i was like yeah, just mm-hmm. fucking flowers whatever so right. i was like i don't know should we have flowers and you know we start to go back and forth and we're like okay on the count of three how much you care about this right yasser being no flowers me being maybe we should just have some flowers i was like count one two three and i go three and he goes ten. <laughs> and I was like you're okay. a 10 for no florals
1: you got it absolutely and I was like yeah okay no fucking florals are you kidding me I feel like man I mean this system really depends on like you not like both of you not being 10 10 Super competitive. <laughs> but but also if like, we were Bolton, 10, we would just keep
0: going. Right, but like right. the, the reason it stops the fight, it's not like whoever cares more wins. It's more like, oh, I actually don't care enough to be pursuing this since this matters yes. so much to you.
1: That's a much better way of saying yeah. it. And I love that system. I love a system. Yeah, right?
0: I love a system <laughs> so I'm like, oh, next time we're like, oh, this, this. We just we just draw our numbers. Okay. Um yeah. what will Yasser be wearing? <laughs> um Yasser will be wearing a lavender custom suit that has these really cool inscriptions that mean a lot to us. This um, necklace he had made that's like very special to us and a what gold wrestling belt with custom photos of us on it. Uh, it's a wrestling belt oh My God! is honestly, it's like a pageant shawl. Like it's not a belt belt. If you don't follow wrestling, it's like a, just like a metal man pageant shawl. <laughs> He's wearing that. <laughs>
1: that's,
0: awesome. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm, I'm so excited. And you know what? Uh, we go back and forth, but I think he's going to, uh, his sibling is a barber and they are going to maybe shave his head in between, uh, ceremony reception. And then, um, uh, our videographer was like, do you want to do a first look? I was like, fuck no. And then we said, but this thing will be happening. He's like, why don't you do a first look with Yasser's head? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to do that. Um, (laughs) okay 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 um let me just find one last question uh angie christine said i want so much content about centerpieces sucking kate okay on instagram i will say i came to this from the vera wang book which we just covered which is centerpieces
1: creates the vibe of the wedding what did you do for centerpieces after seeing your journey with Centerpieces, I'm so glad that this happened really organically for me. Um, So originally, when we booked this venue, I was like, this venue's awesome, but I'm still kind of bummed that we couldn't get married in a museum, and I want to find a way to, like, bring the museum to us. And I was like, we're in L.A. There's all these prop houses. What if we just rented a bunch of, like, fake plaster, like, Greek and Roman statues to be in the meadow with us? And we can put, like, flower crowns on them and we can put like dumb shit on them. and it'll be like quirky and and that's so great dumb and but it'll still be like museum-y and (laughs) Matt from the beginning Matt was like it's gonna be insane to pull off. Are we gonna rent a prop truck? Are we gonna rent PAs? (laughs) Like what are we how are we doing that? How are we pulling that off? And I was like, I don't know. And so finally I admitted, okay, we're not gonna do that. That is too much. Uh but what I did was I found a bunch of statue vases on Amazon and and they're just David head statues. Yeah, yeah. And like, I did some like abstract ones and some, you know, and I just like got a ton of them. So those were our centerpieces. I actually think They were too small. I think not many people noticed them. (laughs) That's always what Small, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I was so proud of, like, I got to bring the museum in in, like, a doable, small way, and I solved the centerpiece crisis.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, you guys. Um... (laughs) I went through a lot. Um, First off, shout out to the Plum Dahlia, who I met from this podcast, um, is a cookie, DM'd me. We became such close friends that she's doing my personal florals for the wedding, which is a bouquet and several elaborate headpieces. Um, But when it (laughs) came to centerpieces, uh, no flowers, out of 10, no flowers. um, I went through a lot. Let me just try and give some headlines. Uh, It was always, we always had um, used books always from the beginning. And we have little library cards on top that say um, before we met in person, we sent each other books. Ah, so cute. Um, which we did. And then we, like I said, everyone could bring anyone. And so little tiny books in the middle of big, long, crazy tables. Uh, it was like, oh, this will not work. And I had to add. I went to hell and back. I finally decided I'll just have ugly tables. That's actually I actually just genuinely don't care. I'll just have ugly tables. That is when a couple answers came to me. Um Lego. So this is a joke, literally. I was making fun of centerpieces. I was like, "How about I put a bunch of fucking Legos on the table and you make your own?" And then someone was like, "You know Legos makes uh roses." And I was like, "Is you mean?" And so I went and <laughs> got um a little package of either roses, tulips or sunflowers and it's they're still in the box. So it's like the the Lego picture of roses. I made little stickers of me and Yasser when we were 10 years old. And I said, um, uh, make your own centerpiece or take it home. Because I also don't want to own stuff after this wedding. I don't want to own tchotchkes. So this is yours. And also, I fucking love Legos. And also, if you're an introvert, now you get to make something at the table instead of whatever. And then Yasser's mom said, hey, remember that original idea you had and bailed on because it was too hard? I'm going to do it. Which was luminarias, which are a new Mexican thing, paper bags. Uh, you have to have a million of them to pull it off. They have, they have to line up next to each other and then the candles go inside them and they glow. But I wanted them made out of book pages. And I was like, that's too hard. Well, shout out to Vicky. She got Yasser's favorite book page and my favorite book page, found out how to print them on a piece of paper and hand folded those motherfuckers. And now there will be luminarias all across the tables and Lego centerpieces and books. And listen, I that's still ended up having mix.
1: ugly tables. No, <laughs> no, it's that's such a great like bookshelf of stuff. Like, it's, that's yeah, so great. yeah. Listen, I, I honestly I don't care anymore. I'm giving it up to God. This isn't a part of the wedding I cared about. It's gonna come together because you you like. You have the intention behind it, and you have enough people helping you. Like I obviously never would have asked for that, but for her on her own to be like, I,
0: "I've made this happen for you guys," and I figured I was like so yeah. touched. And then like you know, my mom made my rehearsal dinner dress based on a magazine photo I saw. Like it, yeah, it was so nice to have like people just like do these things. And um, okay, so okay, really sweet. Yeah, you just got married. I'm about to go get married. This is our wedding, wedding, wedding episode. Um, any <laughs> parting words? Uh, from. From one bride to the other, uh, before I go down
1: this lane, let people help you. <laughs> <laughs> you and you won't have a choice. Like you think you have everything lined up. You I have, have lists. organized everything. Spreadsheet. Yep. You're gonna get there, and you, you literally bought. Like also, I. You're getting your hair done. You're getting your makeup done. There will be hours that you need to be sitting in a chair and stuff is going to be happening all over the venue. And you just have to trust other people to do it. Yeah, Kate, listen, and, like, I had them get me ready, like,
0: at tech. I said, I'm attending tech. You can do my hair and makeup. I know,
1: I know, I know. And you'll, uh, you'll multitask and you'll be running the whole room. But, like, still— <gasps> Let and, people help. Okay. I mean, to okay. the point, let people help. Let people get you water. <laughs> let people— Let people take care of you. Give people jobs. Um, I don't know. I was so blown away. My bridesmaids— And I mean, my my bridesmaids— Matt says they formed a union. Like, they came together, and they were just like, what needs to get done? Fucking great. Like, um, U haul got moved. That was like in an impossible place. Uh, like oh yeah, you know, I actually just-
0: saw in your Instagram story like Kate's friend like brought their wedding U haul home, unpacked everything, returned the U haul, but even better, <sighs> oh, God. put a little note on the door and was like, "Stop right there, <sighs> like Matt, pick Kate up." And there were all these notes on the way in, and I was like, "That to me is what makes." the whole point of having a wedding worth it is like a friend coming in at that moment to create this moment in your life of when you and your husband came
1: home for the first time. Like,
0: that's it.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, you will find your limits and people will fill them in for you. Like- That's really beautiful. And that is so touching. The other thing that I have to say is, and I know you won't have a problem with this, but like I think some people do, of like you have to be open to the human dumb stuff. Like- when our DJ was introducing us for cocktail hour and like, this was on me. I didn't check in with her beforehand. I had just like written on the spreadsheet, like introduce us for cocktail hour. And I didn't say like exactly what I wanted her to say. Yeah. Yeah. We came into cocktail hour and the DJ like saw us coming. was like, oh, right. I'm supposed to introduce them. She grabbed the mic and she was like, please welcome Mr. And Mrs. Star. And I was like, oh no, I'm keeping my name. Like it's it's Kate Downey and Matthew Starr. And she was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And then she goes, please welcome for the first time, Kate Matthew and Downey Starr. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing. And my mom said to me later, she was like, you know, some for some brides, like that would have been a big deal. Like that's the first time you got introduced to all of your like friends and family. and And she like did it wrong. And it was like, that was so funny, and it became the meme of our wedding. Like, we didn't have a hashtag, but if we did, it would have been that. Kate, Kate, After the yeah, fact, Kate, Matthew, and Donnie are. Oh, I love that. <laughs> be open to that, because that's what you're going to remember. That's what people are going to remember. Those are the stories you're going to tell about your wedding. And so, like, don't be, you know, like, resistant to that. Or don't be like, oh, I wish that had happened differently. That being said, if you're ever getting an icky feeling, if you're ever, like, ooh, I said I would take pictures before the ceremony, but I don't, this feels bad and I don't want to, just be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) No one will fight you on it. That's right. Not on your special day. That's really beautiful
0: advice. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. Okay, I'm going to take both those to heart. Um, Okay, well, you guys, this uh, completes wedding month for both of us and we'll come back on track with the podcast and be back with another book soon. And, um, Kate, what is your Instagram if you want to see your wedding stuff? Oh, it's uh, at Kate Helen Downey. Beautiful, and um, yeah, I'm at Chelsea Devantes, and um, and I, I'm putting a bunch of details on the newsletter if you really, really want in on this. And if you don't, uh, listen, new episode in a couple weeks.
1: <laughs> oh, also, we're gonna do a full wedding recap episode for Patreon subscribers. So if you want the full details, get on Patreon. <laughs> All right, bye, you guys. <laughs>
0: is all for this week's episode a big shout out to our podcast producer who was literally on this podcast and made this podcast kate downey and our episode engineer dj bouncy house thank you guys so much we have a facebook group celebrity book club podcast on facebook we are powered by patreon so go to patreon.com you get all the bonus episodes for just five dollars a month that is also where we do a bunch of other cool stuff you can check it out if you go to patreon.com and um uh, the I don't know. You guys, listen. My brain's fried. I'm getting married. Bye.